Hey, hey, hey. What's up? What's up, everybody? It's your boy, Slizzy. <clears throat> Coming to you with another State of the New York Knicks podcast. I got my guy, Mr. Mitchell, in the building. Sorry for the wait, but we had to get this one out. Um, Mr. Mitchell, man, how you doing, brother, man? How you doing? Yeah, I'm doing good, bro. Uh, a lot better than I was a, a week or two ago, as you know. Um, just, just for Knicks fans out there, had a bit of a health scare in the hospital there, a bit touch and go, but have pulled through all right and soldiered on. So glad to be back. Missed, missed yes, doing the yes, podcast yes. and just glad to have me health back. <laughs> all right. Yeah, yep, definitely, man. So the last time me and you spoke, we spoke about Frank Bellakina. I guess we could just get 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 our fizz kid out the way real quick. And then we could talk about the coaches. Because I know we definitely wanted to get into that. So we wanted to talk about the coaching staff, Frank Melikina, and I guess Mr. Mitchell, I guess whatever else subject you want to get into, I guess we could get into that. So um, let's start off with Frank Melikina, bro. Um, He did what me and you wanted him to do, which was beat Team USA. We definitely spoke about that. Um, before yeah. I get into his numbers and 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 certain stats, I just want to know what was your overall, like your overall view of Frank Nelikina inside the FIBA tournament? Yeah, well, it was it was interesting to see. Um, I watched the uh, majority of the games throughout the tournament. Uh, he's started off a little bit slow, as I expected him to, just to when he got back on that international stage. But then he started coming into his own. Uh, I wanted him to be more aggressive. I think a lot of people wanted him to be more aggressive. And he was showing that uh, throughout, uh, especially the last final games of the tournament before they were beat. So um, that was really good to see. That that was my biggest thing with him was he wasn't aggressive enough on offense. And he started showing uh, that going to the hoop uh, during that tournament. Uh, his defense again um, for me went to another level again. Um, yeah, he he was leading that French team around uh, like a like a good floor general, bro, um, which was impressive. Yeah, uh, he as I've always said to you, um, I've never seen him in the light of say a point guard that needs to get Steph Curry, Kyrie Irving type points. If his assist yeah, numbers neither. are good, me neither. Yeah, me neither. Yeah, I if his assist numbers are good, um. His defense is fantastic. Um, there's nothing wrong with his defense. But, um, hey, if he's been starting to nail that three, if he can add a few threes a game here and there and just shoot it from the corner or from the top of the arc, I'm, I'm fine with that if he ends up with nine points but then has, like, I don't know, 10, 15 assists. And, he's of course, his defense. So he showed what I needed him to show is just to be more aggressive. And he did that. Um. Frank definitely did that, and it's crazy because his statistical numbers won't fly at you. That's the thing about Frank Melikina. Me and you both know he's not a guy. If you're a stats guy, then he's not the guy that you're going to love. And in the tournament, the FIBA tournament, Frank was averaging about nine points, 44% from the field, 33% from three. 
Um, 89% from free throw, about three rebounds and about three assists and a steal in just about 20 minutes per game. And he also had a 3.7 plus net rating. When when he was on the court offensively, and it's fun to see this kid just grow during the FIBA tournament. He's picking up guys 94 feet. He could switch off on a lot of positions. It's, I, I always get into an argument about this kid, man, and he showed me a lot. <laughs> he, I, I all Literally, every day, I get into an argument with this kid, Facebook groups, Twitter groups. <laughs> so it, 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 it's, it's good for me to see that this kid finally showed his value in the NBA. And another yeah. thing, France outscored Team USA by 22 with Frank on the floor. And Frank yeah. shut Kimba down, held him one to six. And yeah. it's it, it's it's just beautiful, man. Six seven, bro. Yeah, exactly. I I just I just wanted to add, I mean, just take the fact that he produced a neg- negative win share last season, um, and that changed in this tournament. That that's a plus side to go from a neg- negative win share in the NBA uh last season to a plus win share in a tournament of the FIBA caliber, you know? So that that's showing yeah. that he's progressing. That's showing that he's learning. He's taking in everything that's being taught to him by the coaching. That's what you want to see in a young guy. Um, the other thing is, is I think a lot of people, and you'll agree with me, are hard on him, um, really hard on him because, you know, he's a European and I don't know if people had this assumption, oh, could he be as good as, or half as good as Luka Doncic and stuff like oh, that. No. But they also, I think they're looking at Frank all the wrong way. Because like, like I said to you, he's not a scorer. That's, that's not his job. I mean, don't get me wrong, he got 16 points in the semifinal against Argentina, which is probably the most points I've seen him get. Um, shot a couple frees. Uh, but you don't, you don't want him to get your point. You don't need him to get your points, in my eyes. And, and, and it's funny, real quick before you continue, and that game against Argentina, he was the best player on the floor. For mm, Everybody was, else yeah. played like pure garbage. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. No, the thing that I, I, I like, and I think um, I don't know when he I mean, when he made the statement, but when it comes he to vowed game, um, at the end of his, uh, you know, once they got knocked out, to replicate his FIBA performance with the Knicks. That that's what I'm proud of. That he he knows that. You know, he improved in the areas he needed to to improve in in that in that fever, and he just wants to bring that new Frank into the next season. That that's what I love. Like he, he wants to try and make the most of his opportunities. I think he was saying in the in the interview I've seen, um, he said when asked if he expects to reproduce his fever performance with New York, his uh, response was, "Of course, it's another competition with the Knicks." But my daily challenge is the same. Win each game. It's up to me to be strong enough to succeed in every opportunity and facilitate to my teammates. Um, he, he also expanded on what he believes he brings to the court. So for those Nick fans that have got a completely different perception of what Frank is supposed to be as a player, Frank believes that he's a complete player who has a very good court vision and a versatile player. He reckons that he has to keep working to reproduce that at a high, a very high level, and he wants to become yeah. the best player possible with his skill set. Uh, and and like he said, the next step is to transfer what 
people seeing him doing FIBA to the NBA. So that, that'll be his next challenge. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. Um, to piggyback off that, he also spoke to Mark Stein and he was asked about his health and he said he's healthy again. And he said he has that feeling back, you know. Um, and he talked about the Knicks and he said, as for the Knicks, Frankie says the whole group is hungry for next season. So I'm very encouraged by Frank Melikina's progress on the court and off the court. And you can see his leadership qualities during FIBA tournament. For example, I, I believe one of his France players was just pissed off and he didn't want to talk to a reporter. And Frank Nelikina said, no, I yeah. hate the questions. It's not a problem. You know, he's just disappointed in today's game and one of their losses. So I, I, I've seen the growth. I think I think the Knicks yeah. sent the men, like they sent something to France to give them a little uh what am I trying to say? To give them okay, a little yeah. view of how the Knicks want to play Frank Nelikina. And I, I think France showed the Knicks that Frank Nilakina is definitely a system player. He's definitely a player that you need him running off screens. You need him active. And you need you, you just need him to make a three. You get what I'm saying? It, it's guys that we got on this roster, R.J. Barrett, DSJ, Marquise Moore, I mean Marcus Morris, Bobby Portis, you know, we got a bunch of guys who. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Melikina fits that mold as well. And um, those perimeter defenders. I've got. Yeah, I was just so, going to say, um, one of his teammates, Evan Evan bro. Fournier, he he says that all Frank needs is a re- is just a real opportunity. That that's what he believes Frank need is just a real proper opportunity. Um, you know, like like uh, Evan Fournier said, like if you if, if people hadn't watched the FIBA and they were just going off statistics, and you mentioned this earlier too, bro, was they're not eye popping. They're not. They don't jump off the page at you. But that's not the type of player you're looking at. So he he was very solid from what Fournier said. He said he, he's a very good leader of men on the basketball court. And he goes, every team needs he needs a leader. Um, you know, uh, Rudy Gobert, Rudy Gobert couldn't talk, you know, said nothing but good things about him. Um, you know, made a lot of shots um, off the bounds. Look more, he, like Evan said, he was more creative around the rim and he'd never seen him in the NBA. Um, and he had positive um, from that tournament heading into this third NBA season because, like I said, we Saw him nail a couple of threes. Um, the shot looks better. The shot looks more improved. Um, so that's that's a positive. So as I said, like all, all, all he'll be focused on is facilitating and, and defending. And and if he manages to get open, he'll he'll, he'll take his shot. You know, or if he can drive to the lane, he'll drive to the lane. But apart from that, Frank's the type yeah. of player that's going to find the open man. Um, you know, set up his teammates, make sure they get the best shot possible. Um, and he's going to defend his ass off. Like, the man just – I think he could defend in his sleep, man. Like, he just doesn't stop. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, he, he his defense is very amazing. His off-ball defense IQ is amazing. His defense is just amazing. One thing I noticed in FIBA, too, before we get off the Frank topic, before you get your last words about Frank, his mid-range jumper. I don't know if people really noticed that during the FIBA tournament, but the kid, like, around the free throw line, he was 60% on mid-range jump. He was 50% on the right-hand side, he was 50%. At the top of the key, he was 40%. So, I... I'm very curious if the Knicks can use Frank Nelikina yeah. as a Sean Livingston type or offense. You know, come off zero screens in the mid range, and you know, it, it, if he's not comfortable taking a lot of threes, then you could always exactly. take it exactly. I mean, you know, or, you or look at say guy. someone like here's a, here's a good here's a good comparison. Pat Bev never been known to score points or anything like that. Frank's very similar to Pat Bev. Defense, getting the ball out to his teammates, you know, doing doing basically the dirty work, the little work. Um, so, you know, that that's all you kind of need from Frank, I, I believe. Um, and he does that well. He does that well. Yeah. Yeah, most definitely. So, all right. Enough about Frank Melikina. I hope David Fisdale, you know, watched this kid during the FIBA tournament. Pretty sure he did. You know, they said that Scott Perry was texting Frank Melikina during the whole FIBA tournament, so I'm pretty encouraged by that. Um, let's get right into the coaching staff. So, shout-outs to Nothing But Knicks. I had got this idea from Nothing But Knicks a couple of weeks ago. So I felt like, you know, maybe we should get into the coaching staff, get into these guys who's going to be a part of one of the most important seasons in Knicks history. Probably the most important season within the past 20 years. (laughs) So I guess we could start off with the small fish first and end it last with David Fisdale. So the first guy I'm going to get into, bro, Mike Miller. And this was a guy, I believe, mm. a bunch of podcasts ago, you you was very high on Mike Miller, um, the coach of the Westchester Knicks. He has a lot of coaching experience, and that's beautiful to see. So he started off at West Illinois as an assistant, Sam Houston in 90 to 91 as an assistant. Then he went to Texas State as an assistant. Then he went to Texas State as a head coach. Then he went to Kansas state as an assistant. Then he was at East Illinois as a coach. Then he was a Spurs assistant. Then he was our Westchester Knicks coach. And now he's a part of the coaching staff. Um, NBA G league coach of the year. Um, Sutherland tournament champion in 1997, two time Sutherland season champ. Sutherland Coach of the yeah. Year in 1997. Um, I like this pickup, bro. Um, this pickup goes in the part of mm. developmental staff, and you see what he did with Luke Cornett. Um, you see what he did with Dean Allen. 
those guys down there in the G League. Yeah. He changed the whole G League team around. Remember, we was losing that first until Mike Miller was there. So, uh, um, what's your your thoughts on Mike Miller, you know, coming up from the G League and, you know, I just say a lot of his history. Guy has a lot of experience. Um, how do how do you feel about this pickup, and where will he affect most on the Knicks? What part will he? Uh, I think he um, plays, he, he might affect the offense. Uh, you know, it, um, the good thing with Mike Miller, and two, here's just another little tidbit for everyone: 2017-18 season, he guided Westchester to a franchise record 32 victories as a team finished with the best record in the Eastern Conference. They earned the Atlantic Division title for the first time in franchise history. And he was also named in the same season the G League Dennis Johnson Coach of the Year. Um, I, w- I watched a bit of that, that season, actually, um, come to think of it. And, yeah, he, his coaching style, like, he was running some different offensive schemes, you know, um, sort of tossing things up, changing things up. Um, so he, he, I have a feeling he'll work close with the offense. I have a feeling, um, you know, he, he brings over 25 years of coaching experience, uh, like, like you were mentioning everywhere he's been. Um, he's been a member of the Knicks family for the last four years. So he, he'd, ha- he'd yeah. be in the know with, with, um, Fisdale. Um, he'd be in the know with management and stuff. Um, he'd know what their plan is, what their future outlook is. He's, uh, I love that he's a relentless worker who shares, you know, the, the the approach to the game with, you know, an expertise in play development. So when it does come, I'll keep saying that I think he'll work with the offense. He'll work with the offense, but I have a feeling he'll work with the younger guys so, and, and maybe some of the guys that be coming off the bench, like your Alonzo Trier. Um, he'll probably get in there and try and maybe work something with Mitch, open up Mitch's offensive yeah. game a little bit more, obviously. Uh, people want to see a bit more of a paint game and, and obviously a three-point shot with him. So wouldn't wouldn't be surprised if he does work with the younger guys because of how well, like you like you were mentioning, he has worked with other younger guys on the team, like your Kadeem Allens. Uh, what he did with Luke Cornett was amazing. He turned a guy that to look at didn't look like should have been on a basketball. Like he had the tallness of a basketball. He shouldn't have been on a basketball court. Didn't look like a basketball player. And that man changed. Yeah. He changed that man. He he turned right. Luke Cornett into an average Joe to you know a decent three point shot. Um, and at the end there, he was he was actually helping Mitch out a fair bit when they were on the court together defensively, uh, which was which was surprising to see because uh, obviously he's he's still going to mm. fill out and and grow a little bit. Um, but yeah. Mike Miller, I think, is going to be a perfect addition to, to Fisdale's staff. I was glad they brought him up. Um, and I think it's time he joined the, the top league staff. Uh, he's done his dues. And, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'm really interested to see see what his expertise brings for us in this season. Well, I'm interested too. I'm, since you said the offense, I'm, I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued. Um. I was thinking defense, but you yeah. said offense. I think you, you you probably seen more games than I have. I'm not going to stand here and lie and say I've watched the Westchester Knicks. I'm not going to be one of those people. So, but I have watched film on 
his play calling and his play style. And it's a lot of pick and roll, a lot yeah. of high pick and roll. So I'm going to assume that Julius Randle and DSJ yeah. will be a part of that offense, will be a main bulk of that offense. So the next guy that I would like to get into is Kalab Canales. Uh, yes, the Ma- former and, Maverick. Y- yes. And I, you, you know what I like about this pickup, bro? And, and, and with all seriousness, to be the first Mexican-American head coach in yeah. NBA history should mean a lot yeah. to this man. And for the Knicks to hire him, I commend James Dolan. I know a lot of people hate him. And it's it's warranted. The Knicks has not been have not been winning. So I can understand the hate. But yeah. I love this pickup, bro. I love this pickup. I love I, I love what it stands for. You, you you give them minorities jobs and these high ranking companies. So I'm appreciative of that. And it was one thing that my guy on nothing but Knicks was talking about. Shout out to uh, Sim. He was talking about how this guy coached in high school. And he coached, he was assistant at Martin High School. He was an assistant at United High School. He was assistant at Texas Arlington. Then he was a Trailblazers assistant. Then he was a Trailblazers international um, interim head coach, sorry. Then he was a Mavericks assistant. And now he's been a Knicks assistant since 2018. He came along with David Fisdale. Love that pickup, bro. Um, what about this pickup that intrigued you? Okay, oh, because oh. for me, basically... Yeah, I've got something for you. Yeah. Before you go, for, for, me, for me, I'm just... The, the high yeah. school thing. Because we got a team filled with young players. We got a team filled, you know, R.J. Barrett, 19, Kevin Knox, 20, Mitchell Robinson, 21, Iggy, he's 20. DSJ, he's 22. What I'm saying is you need a guy on your coaching staff who can relate yep. to the players, who can relate to these young guys. <laughs> what, what, you I'm just going to give about? you this little um, sort of statistic, right? Um, so while he was working under Carlisle with the Mavs, um, again, like, like uh, Mike Miller, he worked on Dallas's offense. Um, so the Mavs, as everybody knows, been tanking it up the past few seasons and not ranking highly in pretty much anything. But Dallas did finish 4th, 5th and 11th, respectively, in team offensive rating during Canella's first three seasons with the team, which that's not too shabby. Um, he's also, he's also um, served as an interim head coach of the Portland Trailblazers back in 2012 when they fired McMillan. Considering he was... Yeah. Oh, now, now cool. I know this record's not going to sound good numbers. Well, I mean, just, it's not bad, but considering he was just kind of thrown in the lion's den, with him at the helm as interim head coach, the Blazers produced an 8-15 and 15 record, which it's not great, but he was a ripe young 33-year-old and, and probably in over his head like, like I was trying to mention. Um, but at any rate, he managed to still pump out eight wins. Like, that's that's better. Like, getting thrown, sort of, you know, coaches being fired, 
and then you're thrown into the lion's den for the last lot of games, you know, as I said, you, you couldn't expect much more, but to pull out eight wins was, was pretty good. Um, like you said, he's, he's, go, he's the first Ameri- uh, Mexican-American head coach. Um, and I, I think it was all a part of they want to become a more diverse organisation and the Knicks um, as well, um, you know. So I personally think um, it was a good hire. I, I think, you know, who he's been under, as I said, being under Carlisle, he would have learned a lot. So – and now he, now he's with Fizdale and um, – yeah, I think he's going to do wonders for the offense as well. He's another offensive-minded coach, so I'm looking forward to it. Um, I was glad they picked him up. I couldn't understand why Dallas got rid of him, to be quite honest, um, because I actually always have believed he's always been a constant good assistant. So that that was, um, you know, their loss was our game. <laughs> yep, right. <laughs> that, that that was a good pickup, man. I could mean. Oh. The next thing, you know, trying to go more diverse, yeah. you know, um, in a in a business where it's hard for minorities to get and jobs, you know. Stephen A. Smith, he always screaming that on ESPN. And the other, the other, <laughs> I'll just add to um, good reason I think it was a good hire. Um, and and I don't know if it was in the thought process when they went to hire him, but bringing him across from the Mavs at sort of at the same time they kind of brought Dennis Smith over, I think kind of made the transition for Dennis Smith a lot easier because he had, um, you know, he, he had Canales there with him. And obviously him and Canales worked together down in the maps. Uh, so that, that worked out really well. Um, yeah, I'm definitely, <laughs> I'm definitely intrigued by that pickup, man. Salute to the Knicks, man. The next guy on the list, Royal Ivy. Shout out to Harlem, New York, where I'm from, is where Roy Wiley's from. Um, 37 years old, another young guy. Um, two time Big 12 all defensive team in 2003 and 2004. Um, his experience, he played professional basketball in Atlanta, Milwaukee, Philadelphia, then Milwaukee again, then OKC, then Philadelphia, then OKC again. Then the Gondor Tigers. Excuse me, I probably butchered <laughs> the name. <laughs> um, his coaching experience. He was on the OKC yeah. Blue yeah. assistant coach. Then he became OKC Thunder's assistant coach. And now he's a Knicks assistant coach. Love yeah. this pickup, bro. Um, player relations. Player relationships mean everything. You... It's nice to have a guy on the coaching staff who's been a former player, um, who talks to other f- current players, and he played the game so he could play one on one. I I know I read stories where he's played one on one with yeah. guys on the team, Alonzo Trent, uh, notable. It's nice to have a guy who just, just like I said before, man, who played the game who knows the game, who's a point guard, who thinks cerebral, and he could bring another element to the coaching yeah. staff. So I'm, I'm curious, what do you, what you think about um, Rui? All right, well, before I get into him, I, I will just say one thing with him. I love the pick because he's homegrown boy. 
born and raised in Harlem, New York. <laughs> so I think it's good to have a New Yorker on the Knicks coaching yeah. staff, you know. He knows what New York's all about. He knows what the us fans are all about. So that was a perfect pick-up in that regard. Um, you know, obviously went to high school at Benjamin and Cardozo, Queens, New York, and the Blair Academy over in Jersey. Um, I think it's a perfect pickup because as a player, he built so many relationships, you know, obviously his best friend being Kevin Durant. Um, he's very good with, with players. He's one of those type of coach. He's a player's coach, like David Fisdale. So that kind of go, it kind of was a common sense to add yeah. him to Fisdale's team because he's in that line of, of, of coach. Um, very down to earth, obviously, because he's been a player. So he's going to be able to relate to players um, for Fisdale, who, who wasn't an NBA player. Um, but, yeah, Ivy, having played in the league, having played with quite a few people, that, that relationship he can build with the players themselves, um, I think, bridges the gap for a few others on the coaching staff. Um, and, yeah, I mean... He, he's a pretty uh, decent role player, I'll, I'll, I'll say that. So he knows what it takes to obviously stay in the NBA. Um, you know, he, he had a 10-year career. Um, so that, that was, that, you know, that was better than nothing. Um, and, yeah, like, I'm interested to see what he brings brings to the table. Uh, like I said he was a shooting guard point guard. So, you know, he, he'll probably be working a lot with the – I guess with the point guards and, and the shooting guards. Yeah. But he's got, as I said, he, he's been around Most the league, um, yep. you know, yep. career highlights. He was the two, two time big 12 all defensive team. So that, that to me says he, he's big on defense. So I, I can see him working on the defensive side of the ball uh, with the, with the team. Um, you know, and, and him himself, as I said, having those, that award, uh, he's going to instill, you know, defensive mind. And, you, we, you know, we've got to get points. We've got to defend those points as well. We can't let a team, you know, lay 20 points on us or something like that. So, yeah, good pick up, as I said. And um, just happy to have a, a, a homegrown boy on the coaching staff. Right. So, you know, enough about our boy, Roy Ivey. Let's get into the next assistant coach, Pat Sullivan. Um, UNC guy. He was born in New Jersey, so I guess another New Yorker. Um, career highlights, three Final Fours with the University of North Carolina. He was a 1993 national champion. He has no professional basketball experience. His coaching experience, though, is... He's been with the Detroit Pistons as an assistant coach, New Jersey Nets as an assistant, Detroit as an assistant again, Washington as an assistant, the L.A. Clippers recently as an assistant, and the Knicks as an assistant. The one thing I'm loving about these Knicks coaches, as we progress and as we're talking about them, is where they're just recently coming from, the organizations where they're coming from. This guy's coming from a Clippers organization who's ran by Jerry West, who's Doc Rivers and those guys. Great organization. Got another guy coming from a great organization with OKC. Uh, another guy coming from the Mavericks. You know, it, it's nice. 
that we're getting guys from great organizations. Um, Pat Sullivan. How you feel about Pat Sullivan, bro? And also, I want to know, besides what you, how you feel about Pat Sullivan, is he the secret sauce? Is he the guy who nobody yeah. knows about on the coaching staff who's going to oh, definitely help well, us Well, I've got a little, little um, thing here that I'll, that I'll read out to you um, that sort of give Knicks fans that might not have any idea about the man what, like his background, so to speak. So, Jay Mahoney... Um, back in the day, a friend and a coach, a uh, former coach of Pat Sullivan, he never thought Pat Sullivan would become a coach. Um, back when Sullivan was playing for the long-time Bogota boys basketball, uh, Mahoney didn't see that career in Sullivan's future whatsoever. But he said, looking back now, all the traits were all there. You know, um, when he was a player, he had great work ethic. He had the commitment, the desire to improve and learn. He never wanted to leave the gym. He was the first there. He was the last to leave. Uh, he had the right communication skills. He relates very well to people. Um, you know, he when he was uh, the celebrity in, in, in Bogota, so to speak, you would have never known it, the way he he held himself and, and presented himself. Um, you know, for nearly, thir- uh, nearly 30 years later, he's still carrying those same attributes. Not, you know, hasn't changed one bit in that regard. Um, he's, he's one of the best basketball players to come out of Bergen County. Uh, you know, he played in three Final Fours at North Carolina before, before beginning his coaching um, career, um, which started at the collegiate level before start, obviously stops in Detroit, New Jersey, Washington and Los Angeles when it came to the NBA. Um, and now he, he's come back home. Like, like you said, another local, another local working for uh, Fisdale's coaching staff. Um, yeah, I mean, he's got Jersey roots, he's six foot eight. He wasn't was never an elite athlete either when he when he reached high school, um, but like like Coach, uh, Coach Mahoney said, he, he wasn't close to the player at that age that he eventually become. So, just in that little sort of section there, it was, it was his work ethic that made him himself into a Division One player, um, and then he he just kept progressing. So he knows from his own experience, you know, the progression. Um, and, and, and the work ethic that's needed to, to obviously reach your goal. So I think he's a perfect pickup in that sense. He's not going to let any of these young guys slack off. He's not going to let them get out of themselves. He's going to keep pushing them. He's going to be mm-hmm. work ethic, work ethic, work ethic. Get in the gym, stay in the gym. Don't leave the gym, so to speak. Like That's the type of bloke he is. He, he just wants, um, he wants the process of development through hard work. He wants to, you know, integrate himself with the players and players can come and talk to him. Uh, he, he's been known for that to, to you know, sort of they get, there's something going on with their game, come talk to him straight away. Um, you know, apart from that, um, yeah, again, he, he's, he can relate to the, to the kids, you know. So um, he helped lead the gut uh, when he was player to uh, the county jamboree title which was Group 1 Championship. He amassed, what was it, 2,546 career points by the yeah. time he played his final game as a buck. Uh, just, again, it, it all comes back to his work ethic. Um, like Mahoney said, he hadn't seen a player on the court with 
with such good work ethic, like just incredible is the word he used with when it came to work ethic, which I think is is going to play a real big part in this season. It, it's the work ethic of our players. It, it needs to be, you know, up to standard because if it isn't, everything can fall apart. We, we all know that. So um, no, I, I think it's a I think it's a great hire, and um, you know he, he's probably one of the best guys. Um, with working with bigs in the league. Uh, I think it was Fizdale who said that. He's one of the better defensive minor coaches in this league, well-respected from different trees that have been part of. Um, and he made a strong impression on the Knicks players when he came in. That was important, that first impression. Um, on the court and off the court, um, I personally just think he's a very good dude to be around, um, you know. So I think the Knicks are lucky to have someone that caliber with that work ethic and that commitment and dedication to the game that that's what stands out for me. and his ability to relate to people you know look yo you know what's crazy about what yeah. you just said when it comes to big men love what you just said bro he's the main yeah. guy who works Uh, sorry for that. Um, well, I'm going to get back to it. He's at Sullivan. Yeah. And the the part that I was interested was when you was talking about the big men part. And just yeah. Mitchell Robinson, he, he talked glowingly of Pat Sullivan. And he Pat Sullivan works closely with Mitchell Robinson. You say he's one of the hard, hardest known workers around the league. And he's known as a defensive big man coach. So I love what you said, bro. Love that interesting tidbit from you about Pat Sullivan. So let's get into the next guy. Judd Belicher. Excuse me if I butchered his name. (laughs) But he was he's our assistant coach. He went to Arizona. Um his career highlights, he's a three-time NBA champion, first team All-Pac-10 in 1990. He played professional basketball, so that's a good thing. You always want guys who already played the game, who knows the game already on your coaching staff, like me and you previously said. He played for the New Jersey Nets, the San Antonio Spurs, Golden State, Chicago, Detroit, Phoenix, then Orlando. And his coaching experience, not A lot of coaching experience. He was on the L.A. Lakers as an assistant from 16 to 18, from 2016 to 2018. And he's been on the Knicks PR, PR staff, uh, Knicks assistant. Um, Excuse me for that. So how do you feel about this guy? I'm not too I'm not too keen on this guy. I don't know too much about him. What well, here's a. Do you know a funny thing? Is, what you what you about to say, bro? It, uh, this might actually make you laugh. Um, I'm just I'm just looking at it now. He's actually got more of an American. He was an all American volleyball player. He's got a, a lot of volleyball background. <laughs> he was he was uh, he was a top basketball recruit as well as a top fifty men's volleyball prospect. <laughs> 
Oh, that's that's dope. That means that he 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 could look at the game from a different point of view. He yeah, could do other type of training regimens. You get what I'm saying? Different type of cardio. Yep. Yeah. Training for these guys. I, I I like that. I like that. I actually like that. And I um, like the fact that the Knicks gave this guy a real job, gave this guy an opportunity. So shout out to the Knicks. What you was about to say, bro? Uh, the, the, the other thing that kind of stands out from because I mean you know he, there's not a lot known about him but um, he become best known for his four year tenure between '94 and '98 with the Bulls and his former college teammate with Steve Kerr. Um, you know he he was providing clutch shooting off the bench, played a key role during the Bulls' second three peat um, himself as a player. So. That was that's interesting to note that he was a part of that culture on that th- those teams that knew how to win, and that's the only mm-hmm. thing they did was win. You know, so I think when it comes to just his four years with the Bulls, he's bringing winning when it comes to that. He knows what it takes. He also knows the work ethic it takes to. Three peat, not just repeat once, three peat. So yeah. that's another good quality that he brings. You know, uh, he, he, like you said, he hasn't had the most, you know, background of coaching when it pertains to basketball, but he's been there around some of the best players. Um, that, that, you know, and, and when they began their post Jordan rebuilding process, he, he went over to me. I mean, he played a bit with Detroit Pistons for three seasons. Um, before he was traded the Suns, of course, and he ended his career with a short stint with the Alunda Magic. Um, he's going to be another one because he was such a he was a sharp shooting six foot six, you know, guard slash forward. So he's he's going to be working with the offense, I dare say, you know, on on sh- being a shooting guard and a and a bit of a sniper. Um, you know, he'd probably be working from the three point line, um, you know, mid range shots and stuff like that. So. Um, <laughs> Uh, I'll be interesting to see if he can, as I've never sort of heard it done before, but integrate anything tactics-wise or, you know, uh, floor-viewing-wise from volleyball that he could bring over into basketball. Yeah. That that would be quite interesting, actually. Yeah. yeah. I, I like that because... It's another. It's a different sport. Yeah, so you bring yeah. a different point of view about the game. That that's what I like. Yeah, it's different. Next man, giving this guy a great opportunity, man, Mitchell. Man, I love about that guy, man. I'm, I'm very confident in this coaching staff, man. But let's continue. Let's go to our guy, Keith Smart. Career highlights, he's a WBL champion in the 90s. He's an NCAA champion in 87. NCAA Final Four, most outstanding player in 87. He played professional basketball for the San Antonio Spurs, international and semi-pro. His coaching experience, he coached at Fort Wayne Fury. He was an assistant coach for the Cleveland Cavaliers assistant coach for the Warriors, assistant coach for the Kings. He was assistant coach for the Heat, assistant he's, coach he's for the Kings. He's been Grizzlies around, bro. <laughs> and assistant coach for the Knicks. 
Yeah, uh, yeah, he's been around. <laughs> and you notice how me and you, well, mainly you yeah. were talking about most of these guys dealing with the offense. Yeah, yeah. This is the guy who deals with the defense. And I've seen another thing Keith Small has done. Yes. changed Dennis Smith Jr.'s jump shot. Love the fact that he had the same injury as Dennis Smith Jr. So they decided to work on it this yeah. summer. They got together. I love that. Love that, bro. The player development, getting these guys to work hard, getting these guys to understand what it takes to be a winner. And I love that he has a lot of coaching experience that can help David Fisdale. So I love how, it. How um, one word, winner. Winner describes this man. He, he's perhaps best remembered for hitting the game-winning shot in the 87 NCAA championship game. The shot that gave the Hoosiers a 74-73 victory over the Syracuse Orangemen. You know, he, he transferred to Indiana from Garden City Community College in Kansas, mm. where he was a two-year standout and Jayhawk Conference Player of the Year. This man, not just as a player, but obviously when he was on the Spurs coaching stuff, he, he just knows how to win. He just knows how to win. And I, I wouldn't doubt me if he was the main person behind the Grizzlies' grit and grind. Yeah. That, that is an interesting tidbit, what you mm. said, because it was. that defense was really good. And that defense was really good for a couple of years. I remember one year... They was definitely supposed to go to the finals. I don't know if you remember this year, but it was yeah. the year when Golden State went to the finals in 2015. Michael Conley had got hurt. Remember, he got hurt, I believe it was game two or game three. And he had an eye injury. And that that was the title, that was the championship window right there. Just shut down, closed. Um I appreciate that he's coming from the Grizzlies, so he knows defense. Hopefully these guys can recognize that Frank Nilakina is a defender and they give him some minutes. Or just trade the kid to another team who's going to use his talents yeah, yeah. to the fullest. You know, everybody got to be fair. So shout out to Keith Smart. Appreciate you, brother, for joining the coaching staff. Now, finally, me and your guy who we got the most faith in, David Fisdale. I'm so happy to get this guy, man. This, he was my number one choice when we fired Jeff Point. As soon as we fired Jeff Hornacek, I said, I want David Fisdale. I don't want no other coach. I want David Fisdale. That, that was my number one target. So, Fisdale, he's a two-time NBA yeah. champion with the Miami Heat, as me and you both know. And he's seen winning. He's a part of the reason why Chris Bosh started shooting threes. He's a part of the reason why Marcus Saul started shooting threes. The Grizzlies changed their game when they was transitioning from gray and yeah, yeah. And once he left, the Grizzlies was trash. They other garbage. The team fell apart. So I don't I don't want to hear about Fisdale and, and, and he did a bad job on the Grizzlies. Yeah. Because of Fisdale, Marcus Saul has a ring. Let, 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 let's be let's be real. Marcus Salk can shoot threes now because of Fisdale. So I appreciate David Fisdale. And he sacrificed his coaching job before you go, bro. I, I, I got to let this out because people kill me when it comes to David Fisdale. He sacrificed his coaching record 
got 17 wins, got us R.J. Barrett, while playing Moutier, getting Moutier another job in the NBA, getting Luke Cornett another job in the NBA, getting Super Mario another job, Noah Vonley, you know, having these guys continue their career for a game that they love. And then while in the midst of in his 17-win season, he yep. always answered the reporters with something positive to say. And he played the kids. Yeah. That, that was the main thing with me and you. Play the kids. You got to play these young guys. And unlike Jeff Hornetrash, he pissed me off that year. He was playing Jared Jack 35 goddamn minutes instead of playing Frank Milikina. I love what he did, bro. Love what he did. Salute to you, David Fisdale. Before you go, bro, real quick, his coaching experience. He was an assistant at San Diego. He was an assistant at Fresno State. He was an assistant at Golden State. He was an assistant in Atlanta. Then he went back to the Miami Heat for eight years where he won two titles. Then he was the head coach of the Memphis Grizzlies. Now he's the Knicks head coach, so he paid his dues. What do you want to say about yeah, I'm going to be honest. I fell in love with the man when he was always just bit, well, after he got fired from the Grizzlies and he was an analyst during games and stuff. Um, just the, his knowledge of the game, the way he he articulated thing, it, it just drew me in. I thought, how is this man not still a coach? Why did they fire him? You know, and I, I think it was more that the the Grizzlies just chose Gasol over over him. Um, I think it was all blown a bit too out of proportion to that whole thing. All he was trying to do was open Gasol's game up a little bit more for the newest style NBA. And you know what? The thing that annoys me with it all when it pertains to that, I mean, it, it, it's good for us because we ended up getting him, is the fact he was trying to get him to open up and shoot uh, more threes in that, which he ended up going to do anyway at Toronto, which has made him a, a much more better player at his age. So... <laughs> couldn't instead of being stubborn when he was at the Grizzlies and sort of trying to go against his day, should have been working with him because it just opened up uh, Mark Gasol's game. That's that's all he was trying to do. He could see what needed to be opened up. He tried to work with him, but of course at the time Mark Gasol just dug his feet in, going, "Nah, I'm just playing my way, mate." Like, you know, and it just all blew up, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, again, another team's loss was our as our victory. I love him because he's just so down to earth and cruisy. I don't like coaches like Tom Thibodeau that just sit on the sideline and sound like screaming banshees because in my eyes, yeah, in, in my eyes, if you've got a coach no. and, and he does it Hell all the no. time, that's his constant tone. If I was a player, I'd switch off. I wouldn't want to listen to that. That all, all would be in my ears, rah, 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 rah. You're not going to take anything in, you know. So I, I, I'd just be like, Okay, calm down. You know, I ain't going to blow a gasket there, mate. So I love the fact that he stays calm. He stays collected, which then would rub <laughs> off on the players. They, the nerves would go in the players because they'd say, oh, coach is so bloody calm. Coach is so cool and collected. Well, let's, let's take the same approach, you know. And it just will keep the players loose. It'll keep them free, you know. Then he's just going to uh, – when he instills his offense this year – it's just going to be beautiful to watch because, as I said, he he knows the game in and out. His, his tenure with the Miami Heat, I mean, you, you could not have asked at that point in time a better franchise to be with to learn from. Like, learn from the great Pat Riley because I've always loved and respected Pat Riley. 
Um, we'll forget what happened between him and the Knicks back in the day. But, you know, he learned from him. Um, he learned from who else was on that <laughs> coaching staff? Um, Stan Van Gundy, uh, Eric Spolstra, you know. So that was a good team to be a part of. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I think he's the best coach for the job because I think you kind of need to have, you know, the personality that he's got to, to make it in New York where he could take the criticism in New York and just, you know, rub it off his shoulder like it was nothing. No worries, I'll take that criticism and I'll go prove you wrong now. No, don't don't get angry. He doesn't get angry about it, you see. Um, so and he, he'll, he'll get mad if he has to get mad, as yeah. you do as a coach, but there's ways to to effectively bring that across to the players without um, without sort of breaking their morale and, and, you know, making them go out there with their heads down. And the, so he's always thinking positive, you know, like, oh, we, they could be down by, we'd be fourth quarter, down by 10 points. You know, a couple of the players on the team could be looking down now, oh, can we come back from this or something like And he's going to be sitting there telling them, I believe you can. You know, I believe you can. That's the thing with him. So he believes in his players. He knows his players' uh, strengths. He knows his players' weaknesses. And he gets to know them on a personal le- level. I mean, for God's sakes, I, I, until he did it, I hadn't heard another coach doing it, but he took him and his wife took time out of their own lives to go over to Latvia just to please that talk crap, right? Yeah, which okay, that, it didn't. It, it, he still wanted out, but he had no respect. He, he he didn't get. He didn't show Fisdale any respect. Like Fisdale put himself out there just because he wanted to get to know him on a personal level, and that's what he does with every player, and that's why I think every player trusts in him and believes in him. They buy in, but here we go. They buy into what he sells. Yeah, <laughs> like what everybody say, you know, I watch Nick at Time Show, uh, Nick Fan TV, uh, Nothing But Nicks. Everybody says the same thing. Fizdale's a used car salesman. <laughs> the, the guy knows how to, he knows how to talk to the media. And the media loves him. When, yeah. you, when you look at Jeff Hornacek, yeah. he always looked like he was down, always looked stressed, always looked like he didn't know what the hell he was doing. He was playing. He he didn't want to run the triangle. Then he wanted the. Then he was running the triangle. The, oh my god, that whole situation was just. The, the, the other re- thing I'll add too is why he was the perfect away. hire. Now, if had it been, I just get this feeling. If had it been any other coach last season with the season we had, which you know because of how young our team is, if you didn't know what the outcome of that season was going to be, then you were stupid. Which obviously Fizdar came in knowing, all right. We're one of the youngest teams in the league. This year, for me, it's my first year. I want to get to know these players on a personal level. I want to get to know, as I said, their their strengths, their weaknesses, you know, what they can do on the court, what they can't do on the court. And it was just about a finding out process. The players getting to know him, him getting to know his players. Now that he has collected a whole season's worth of that information, he can utilise that information to set course for his offence. Um, his offensive schemes and, and or and even to a degree his defensive schemes as well. So 
because he knows his players now. And he would have, he would, I'll tell you what, he would have been first there with all these new signings. Like, the minute Julius Randall was signed, he would have been straight on that phone to Julius, having a good old talk for a few hours, getting to know one another, you know, letting him know, hey, welcome to New York. You got any issues? You want to come talk to me? My ears are open all the time. Come talk to me. That's what I love about Fizz is that he cares for his players. Um, he puts trust in his players, um, you know, and he's there for his players, not just as a coach, but off the court as well. And I think that creates a better environment. And when you've got a more happy, uh, stable environment where everyone, the players are buying into what the coach is selling, the coach is showing that he cares, the coach is showing he wants to see improvement, you know, so on and so forth, I think will produce better results. I, man, Fisdell, yeah. love the hire. We we both very high on this hire. Um, I guess the the final thing that I wanted to ask was about Julius Randle, highest paid paid highest paid player on this team. He averaged twenty one points, nine rebounds, three assists. 52% from the field, from the field, 40, 34% from three. Just, just last question before we get out of here, bro. Do you think this guy has an all-star chance in him? Do you think if we're playing well, yeah. he's the main reason why? Because I, I was, I was watching. Um, was it Get Up? No, Jalen and Jacoby, and I was watching Jalen Rose, and Jalen Rose was talking glowingly about Julius Randle. He was saying how Randle, you know, he's 24 years old. He could be an all-star. And he mentioned something that just caught my, caught my attention. And I just wanted to ask you before we get out of here. He said, Blake Griffin, then who's after? I'm going to assume Giannis then Blake Griffin, but Giannis is more of a small forward to me. So I'm gonna say Blake Griffin. Then who's the next? Yeah, well, best power I, I personally, I'm trying to think because Gian, Giannis goes. I mean, sometimes, sometimes in between small forward and powerful, he's kind of he kind of like LeBron. He kind of goes in between both. Um, you know, if, uh, I wouldn't even. I, I just I, to be quite honest, right now. I might eat, if I didn't go with Randall, I'd go with Siakam, obviously, which is one of your guys. Uh, I can't forget, I can't forget young Pascal because I, I love him too, bro. Yeah. I, I love what he did in the finals. But Julius Randall for me, as I like to call him, the dog chain. <laughs> um, he's a beast, bro. Like, I've seen progression photos when he first came into the <laughs> league as a pudgy bloke, and just what he done and managed to turn his body into I was like, damn, he's a beast. He, he's just going to a beast on everyone. The only thing, and I agree with you, you've said it many times, um, I've got to make sure I get the right here. Does he go right all the time or does he go left? Whichever, whichever wing he doesn't go, wing to start going the, <laughs> the other opposite way to, the, to the rim. Change it up.
Yeah, I think I think you mentioned that. It's funny. I yeah. think you mentioned that too when you was talking about free agency and you was talking about possible free agency. Yeah, you talking about yo Julius Randle always goes left. Like he, nah. he always goes left. He does never goes right. So I hope. I think I do love him because I've seen a lot of of video. Um, I looked it looked it up personally to see this because um, I forget who was telling me go go check out Julius Randall's three point workout videos throughout this offset. God damn, the boy barely missed a shot, and he's starting to get range on it. <laughs> it's, it's, that's scary considering that he's not a he's not a point guard or shooting guard like Steph. But he's yeah, he's starting. Like a like a LeBron and Steph can shoot from range. Like so, I'm very intrigued now with his three point shot and how consistently he can get it down. Consistently, he was getting it down just on the practice court. But if he can produce that type of consistency from three, oh, that's just going to add to his game. They, they're going to have to respect that. And then 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 when they come out to him, he probably fake it and just run in and dunk on someone. <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I've seen Julius do that before. So, no, this – any any last words for the people before we get out of here? Another lovely episode of State of the New York Knicks podcast. Training camp is two, three weeks away. I can't wait, man. I'm super excited for this season, bro. Any last words for the people? Yeah, just just wanted to say to to yourself and Knicks fans, it's um it's a pleasure to be back on the airwaves. Um, and, and I'm I'm just as excited as all of you guys uh, for this upcoming season. More more so I, than I have been in quite a few seasons. Um, you know this, this season's full of unpredictability. Um, all all Knicks fans got eyes got to be glued to every single game. Um. You know, I believe we've got the team to go from bottom dwellers to the playoffs in a whole 12-month turnaround. And if we can do that, that'll be one of the biggest turnarounds I've seen an NBA team do in, in quite some time to go from pretty much dead last to the playoffs. So, yeah, get excited, get pumped up. It's great to be back. We'll be, we'll be back with more pods, obviously, throughout this season. So it should be good. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We definitely coming back to y'all soon. NBA training camp. Just like I said, it's two, three weeks away. Uh, football season is under is, is underway. I apologize, Dane Jones, because <laughs> I'm a Giants fan. I gotta apologize to Dane Jones. He that bro. Ooh. Can I, can I just no uh, add, add one thing since, before we go, just on the football? Did you catch the game between the two future QBs of the league? Like Pat Mahomes, I believe, kind of showed up Action Jackson. Oh, Action Jackson yeah. and, and, and Pat Mahomes, boy. <laughs> Those two guys? Oh, man. The end of, I'm, I'm going to say this. The NFL, as far as quarterbacks is concerned, is going to be in great hands. Once once Brady, Breeze, Big Ben, all those the older guys, Philip Rivers. Yeah. Once all of those guys retire, the league is going to be in good hands. I'm I'm pretty sure of it. 
pretty, pretty shortly. But salute the Knicks Nation. We appreciate y'all for listening. We appreciate y'all for always tuning in. We appreciate everybody from across the globe, around the world, who shows us love, man. Shout out to everybody. Shout out to you, Mr. Mitchell. It's your boy, Slizzy. State of New York, Knicks.